Traveling to consciousness, exploring spiritual journeys to find answers in uncertainty. And we're live. Lindsay, how are you doing? Great to see you again. Good to see you too. It's been a while. I'm excited to chat. It has been a while. I was looking at our last podcast, which was episode 24, and it was just a little bit over a year since we recorded together. And I know that your life has changed drastically since then. Yeah, I feel like I'm not even the same person. <laughs> I'm sure you can relate. You've had periods yeah. of life like that. But um, the la- yeah, the last time that we talked, I was going through a breakup. I was in, I had been engaged and I lived in Nashville. And since then I, <laughs> I moved back to LA for a little while and now I'm in Scottsdale and started a new relationship and just so much has changed, um, in a positive way. But yeah, I would, I would say that right after I talked to you, I went through another like dark night of the soul, <laughs> really like figuring out what was going on and who I was. And there was just so much healing that that I had to go through, but do you think that's just like a part of it? Do you think there's like multiple dark nights of the soul or do you think there's like, just maybe this is the last one? Like what's your opinion on that after going through it twice? Yeah. I mean, I just don't, I don't think it ever stops, you know? And I think that sometimes, especially in the industry that we're in and when you're a leader and you're trying to show other people the way, um, what I noticed going through that process was that it brought up a lot of like imposter syndrome and shame for me as I was going through that, as if there's some kind of expectation that when you're in that level of uh, leadership that you're not going through stuff. And I think that for me, what I realized is that I become a better leader and teacher when I am faced with challenges in my own life and I'm able to navigate that and move through it. And I'm, I'm more empathetic and I can hold space better for people. So I think that if you are naturally the type of person that is, you know, embracing evolution and expansion, wanting to be the best version of yourself, that there will probably be infinite dark nights of the soul as you expand. And it's really just about learning to navigate your emotions as you go through those experiences. It's interesting because, I mean, of course, I'm sure there's a piece of all of us that wants it to just be an easy ride and just to kind of make it easy, go with the flow. And I think that was even the title of our very, or our last episode was like, just go with the flow of it. Right. Yeah. So do you, do you feel like there might be some connection between just going with the flow with it and then like actively seeking the next thing before it just piles up and becomes too much and almost triggers a dark night of the soul? Or is it, is it just this like highs of highs and lows of lows or like does it kind of make sense where I'm going with this? Yeah. You know, I think what I've learned through this whole process is that, you know, it's not about reaching a, a life that is just purely positive and happy and great all the time. In fact, I think that we become attached to that. You know, I'm in the manifestation community. So I think that there's a level of toxicity sometimes that, you know, we're expected to constantly be reaching for this next level and this higher level where we're really not appreciating where we are and how far we've come and what we've gone through and, you know, really relishing in that experience and giving ourselves credit for that. It's like, okay, well, I'm here. What's next? You know, what's the next thing I have to reach for? And I noticed that I had kind of gotten in that cycle of like, all right, what is my next highest version of myself? What is the Mm -hmm. next version of me doing? 
And I was realizing that it was starting to make me, you know, not feel good about myself and not really appreciate where I was in my life. Um, so I think that, I think that, you know, you have to, you have to find this balance in between where it's, you're not seeking to be at the top of the mountain all the time because we live in a, a polarity. So when you're in the high highs, naturally you're going to have to come back down. You're going right. to have to be balanced out. And so I think where I'm learning to live my life is sort of in that, that sweet spot of like, when it's good, that's great. I'm appreciating that and I'm loving it, but I'm also not attached to that. And I realize that there's going to be a time when I'm, I'm, I'm coming back down and to kind of ride the wave of that. Yeah. That's it, it's, it's kind of bringing up the idea of like the childlike nature for me, at least, because it's like, I want to, for me, at least I'm trying to like put more childlike play, if you will, into everything I'm doing from podcasting to just having conversations, other conversations that I'm not recording to eating food, to journaling. And it's interesting because there might be that association as we're even talking about this, where if you're diving too much into that fun or that childlike aspect, then you're, you know, invoking that high vibration, if you will. And, and if we're looking at this in terms of how you're discussing it, right. That means that if I'm in this place of high, high vibes, feeling good, high vibration, then that means the shortcoming is going to have to come at some point. But is there, do you try to look to try to keep that balance before it happens? Do you try to seek out that bad thing before, you know, the eventual collapse of it, or is it just, just riding the wave? I think it's riding the wave, you know, and really being present. I think that, you know, I've experienced a lot of loss in my life. So I think in the experience of, of loss is where, where we find gratitude. And I try to, no matter what I'm going through, I just try to keep that in mind, whether it's positive or negative, that, that the only constant in life is change. And that no matter where you are, it's going to change. And if you can just find the value in your present experience and get the most out of that, that you can and see it as an opportunity. Um, I think that you find life is a little more even keel and you're not, when you're in the dark place, it's not like you're trying to shift yourself into a more like super positive state, but you're just trying to come back to balance and homeostasis and being able to look at kind of both sides of the coin for what it is. Um, and I, I would say non-attachment is really mm -hmm. the key. And that's the hardest thing, you know, is to really just detach from the physical reality and really connect deeper to what's actually going on. And, you know, I've spent most of my life in that exploratory mindset of like, what's happening here? You know, what's really going on? And that's why quantum physics was so appealing to me because it, it gave me the like, okay, I can finally understand kind of what's underneath all of this and what's really happening. And having that spiritual awakening and connection to source and something greater than myself, I think has really helped me to be able to find that balance between the physical and the non-physical when I'm in those states. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a journey being a human. <laughs> it's a wild journey. You know, it is. I assume all of our listeners know what that's about just being a human. <laughs> yeah. I don't think we have any non- non-human listeners if we do have any non-human <laughs> listeners please let me know i think that'd be fine if there's any aliens tapping in like we want to meet you <laughs> i'm telling you i want to be I, I keep saying this and i'm going to keep saying it one of my goals is to be the first the first podcast to interview an alien so oh my god I'm well putting, i may be an alien so <laughs> well and that's where it gets interesting with definitions right because if we're well you know if i i guess we 
probably all agree at this point that we're souls having a human experience. Mm-hmm. So it's like at some level, there's some dimension of us that are, is an alien, right? Yeah, I fully believe that. I think that this is, you know, just one aspect of our consciousness, right? If we really think about it, like we're all derived from the same material and the same source. So we are connected to extraterrestrials. We may just, we not be in contact with them, but I think that we are a part of them and they're a part of us. And we're all kind of one, just having a unique experience as physical matter and whatever that way shows up for you. Right. So and I think like our soul has experienced other lifetimes on other planets. And so there's got to be an aspect of that within our consciousness and our DNA at a deeper level. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really, it's always a fun thing to even just think about is like aliens and, you know, them coming here and trying to help us out however they can. But yeah. Yeah. I don't know where I'm trying to go with that. They reject know. us though. I mean, I think that's, I <laughs> you think they reject think, us. <laughs> well, they don't, we, we reject them. Sorry. We reject them. I think yeah. they, they try to really help and they, tr- I think that they've even tried to, you know, give us technologies and advancements and things that, uh, to help us. But I think that we are in such collectively in such a fear vibration that mm. them coming in, I think, would be more of a detriment to us and to them than it would be helpful at this point. And I think our consciousness has to evolve to get to a place where we can receive them with love. Yeah, I was talking to somebody on the podcast. I'm trying to remember who it was, but it was someone recently. And we were talking about aliens and like, when are they going to show up? And they were kind of describing how our nervous system just isn't even ready to experience like a a foreign entity. And I found it so fascinating when they were talking about it, because I've worked through that mental exercise with myself of like, you know, just sitting on my bed, kind of just chilling, vibing out and thinking to myself, like, okay, if an alien was actually like, imagine a, you know, the typical gray, if you will, with like the Mm -hmm. big eyes and the, the gray skin, if it was to actually appear in my room, like what would my body feel? And whenever I thought about that, I had this like surge just go up my spine of like, oh shit, like this is scary. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because like I see myself as being someone who I feel is on average, you know, not trying to put myself up there, but just like on average, like more open or receptive to that idea. But even I felt even in myself that I had this like fear of even just experiencing an alien in general. And I was like, huh, that's a, it's an interesting thing to come across. Yeah. And I think a lot of it stems from like movies that we've watched and conditioning that we've experienced to create that core belief that, you know, they're bad. They're here to hurt us. Like we've seen all of these movies. (laughs) So it makes sense that your body is conditioned to believe that and to think that. But I think, yeah, we have to be able to get to a place where we're not afraid of them and that right in our nervous system. Well, even, even like in a lot of the content that I've put up there, it seems like a lot of people just even believe aliens to be demons and mm-hmm. be of demonic force, which I find super fascinating. So I, I can only even imagine at the, at a more of like a human level of looking at like consciousness and all that, that, you know, we're just, we're literally just not ready. Like if we literally think they're demons and you know, I'm not going to say they're all good. I'm not going to say they're all bad. I'm sure there's some that are terrible aliens that we yeah. don't want to come into contact with. But it's like, if you're not ready to see something, it's not going to present itself, right? And if they're at that higher frequency already, then there's no reason that they're going to try to come down here and convince us that they're good. Right. I mean, they'd have to lower their frequency to be able to interact with us. And there are people that 
channel extraterrestrials. And um, I don't know if you're familiar with Bashar. Bashar. I feel like I've heard that name before. Bashar. Uh, so Daryl Inca is a channel for Bashar. And I've studied a lot of his mm-hmm. work and I've watched a lot of his stuff. And um, it's it, he has to like basically slow down his frequency to be able to interact with Daryl Inca to make these translations. And it's the same thing with like Abraham Hicks. Mm. You know, she channel uh, Esther Hicks channels Abraham, and it's said to be a an extra dimension or a higher dimensional being or beings being channeled through her. So they're making contact; it's just not physical contact. I think. Yeah, yeah, that's what. And so this actually, if this comes back to like a real world kind of discussion, where you know, talking about like being of different frequency and higher vibration and lower vibration. Have you ever thought about that in terms of like your business or what you're creating where it's like it might be, you know, of such high vibration that it's not going to attract a lot of people? Does that kind of make sense? Yeah, I think that, um, you know, whatever you're putting out, whether it be content or, you know, just in general, your energy, your frequency that you're you're putting out based on what your intention is, it there are some people that might not be ready to hear that. They might not be, they might not have met themselves at that place where they're ready to receive the information and they're ready to be honest with themselves and to be open to that and expand their consciousness. And I I think it's, it's not necessarily like placing it at a level of high or low. I think it's more of just, this is like a radio station that not a lot of people have access to yet or are willing to access that. Um, because it does take a jump. It takes being radically honest. It takes being able to look at yourself and look at your stuff. And um, I think eventually people will get there, but there probably is a smaller number, smaller percentage of people that are willing and ready to do that work. But I think we're getting there. I I, I feel positively about our consciousness overall and, and the direction that we're going. And I think there are really two kind of simultaneous timelines that are going on at the same time within our consciousness. And you know, 5D, 3D, and then somewhere in between. But I feel like we were moving in a positive direction. And that's kind of the reality that I choose to tap into. It's a choice. Just like everything, right? Just it's like all everything. just a choice. <laughs> Easier said than done. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for sure. I'm thinking it even in terms of like food where I'll even, I've kind of gotten to a point where I can tell if, uh, like, let's say a food's going to bring me up or lower my frequency, whatever you want to say. And it's, it's interesting because like, I, I still come to these, like, like if I see, let's say uh first thing that's coming to mind is like bread. Like mm-hmm. it seems like my body goes through these different phases with what food feels good for me. Mm-hmm. And if I see bread, like there's a, there's like this like feeling inside me. It's like, okay, I know if I eat too much of this, I'm going to feel like shit. But then there's a piece of me that like actually wants to feel that feeling of feeling like shit which is really bizarre to me because I'm like, okay, wouldn't I want to just stay in this high vibe? But there's like this interesting dance that's occurring where if like I'm in this high vibrational state for too long, it kind of like gets uncomfortable and feels weird. Yeah. I can totally relate to that. It's like being like so high and then it's kind of like the demon on the shoulder. You know, it's even, I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but like when you're in a fight with someone, and you're in conflict and it's like, I know if I just did this thing that it would be over and we'd be good. But like a part of me is like, I'm enjoying this. Yeah. <laughs> we all have this little <laughs> thing inside. 
that we want, I think like human as humans, we want to experience both having Mm. one or the other, like to an extreme. I don't think it's really innate within us to be in that space. I think we really want to have the whole human experience of good and bad and right. And otherwise we wouldn't be here. We want to have our cake and eat it too. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's, I think it's okay to put yourself in a place where maybe it's uncomfortable or low vibe. It's like, so that could show you the contrast so you can appreciate the other side that much more. Right. And we kind of go between both and that's, it's normal. Just ride the wave. Well, yeah. then, And then this brings up like an interesting corollary or kind of a thing that I've been thinking about lately with regards to like just feeling into that energy of like, oh, I know I'm going to feel like shit, so I should just go with it versus let's say more forceful energy or like, okay, I'm going to be di- like disciplined energy, if you will. Like I need to be disciplined. I don't can't eat this. I can't do that versus like, no, I just want to experience have you found like a good way to kind of tap in or measure like this, this feeling of like, oh, I know in the morning I shouldn't go to the gym, but I'm going to force myself to kind of go. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I tried not to have a lot of shoulds on myself. I've worked really hard because I come from a very perfectionist mindset and mentality. And I've had to work to not put myself in boxes, especially mm-hmm. like when it comes to uh, food and and exercise that was my form of control for many years was just being able to control what I was eating and what I was doing with my body and I found that my ego really enjoyed being in that place of control with those things so for sure for me it's like really finding more freedom in that area to give myself permission to be where I'm at in that moment in that day and I find that when my choices come from a loving place for myself that I'm able to kind of stay like, you know, if I feel like I want to work out and move my body, I do it from love. I don't do it from a should. Um, Same thing with food, same thing with alcohol. I really strive to have a lot of balance in my life and not make things wrong, but more so just feel into like, okay, well, if I do this, what's the, what's the consequence? And am I willing to pay the price of that consequence? Is that, gotcha. is that what I want? Is that how I want to feel? And if it's yes, it's okay. I can give myself permission to be there. And I think like, if you can remove the labels that you experience life through of good or bad, even with food, right? It's like, we've been taught that bread is bad. Sugar is bad. Alcohol is bad. Like all these things are bad. And I think that in and of itself causes us to want it even more. And I've noticed that if you let go of that, it's like, Oh, but I don't really, the resistance isn't there anymore because you're not telling me I can't have it. So now I'm making a more empowered choice because I want to. This episode of Traveling to Consciousness is brought to you by the official Traveling to Consciousness app available on the iOS and Google Play Store. On this app, you're going to get exclusive content from articles to meditations to anything else that Clayton is going to put out. Here's the also where you're going to find the only place to find the ad free versions of the podcast. You're also going to be able to get the podcast at earlier dates than normal, the free release version of it. So the traveling to consciousness podcast app, I highly suggest that you download it because it's the only way that I suggest that you listen to it. And what's even better is that the company is always making updates. So please let me know if you personally have a recommendation and we can get that in there. So remember, download the traveling to consciousness app so that you can get early releases. You can get the video format, you can get it ad free and so much more.
it kind of it kind of feeds that that feeling of like you're you're saying I can't have it, so I want it, mm-hmm. right? This is bad. This is this is wrong. And that little kid coming back to being childish. Whoa. It's like, if you tell a kid not to do something nine times out of 10, they're probably going to do it. Mm -hmm. And so it seems like they are even bringing that lens into even just food that we've labeled as being bad or out of alignment for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's the inner uh, rebel, the inner part of you that maybe didn't have the ability to make choices for yourself as a child. And you, you know, there were things that you wanted to do or you thought were right and somebody silenced you. And I think it's like your inner child tries to regain power and control to be seen and to be heard and does the complete opposite. And this is actually what self-sabotage is. You know, as an adult, you're trying to make a decision for yourself that you know is good and it's going to move you in the direction you want to go. But that's that child within you is like, you know what? I'm not doing that. Screw it. I'm doing all the things that I wanted to do. And I think in some instances, it's actually really healthy and healing to let out the the rebel, to right. give yourself permission to do that. And then it's almost like, okay, I don't need to do that anymore. To kind of just like let yourself break things. Yeah. It's like, you know, if you, my, my mom told me this story that her, she was caught smoking cigarettes as a kid and her grandmother made her smoke the whole pack. It's like, all right, if you like smoking cigarettes, smoke the whole pack. And she was so sick that she never did it again. And it's like, sometimes we just have to put ourselves in that place to be like, oh, this was my choice. And I'm choosing now not to do this again. You're not making me do this. This is me. This is a me thing. Right. And that's empowering. Yeah. And yeah. And maybe that's the crux of it, right? It's just to empower yourself. Uh, I think a hundred percent. It's a, it's to set the child free. I think that is really what I've learned in throughout my experiences is that it's like letting that part of you have a voice, letting that part of you express itself and um, removing all these layers of, of years of conditioning and masks and who you've been told to be and how you've been told to show up. And, you know, honestly, just throwing all that out the window and giving yourself the space to just be who you are, you know, mm. do what makes you happy, do the things that excite you. And I think that so much of my journey has been about undoing all of the things who I've been told to be and what I've been told to be and how I was told to act and that I was too much, you know, too emotional, too sensitive to this. It's like I had to undo all of that and liberate myself. And I think that that has been, this is like the most me I've ever felt. That's awesome. And it's, it's liberating. And this is, this is why I, I encourage the work, you know, that we do is to get people to that place of of liberation and freedom within themselves because that I think that's when life really opens up and it really gets good because you're not living somebody else's life. Mm. And I guess it's, yeah. Cause I guess those would be what the walls that are getting put in, right. Is if, mm-hmm. if the walls are getting put in, then you're being molded into a way that somebody else was living. Yeah. And that's abandonment. How so? I think that's abandonment of self because when oh, you're self. growing right of self yeah so you're when you're growing up and you're being told like okay you know who you are and what you're saying is wrong it's like this is where we disconnect from the intuition as well right as children we're like but i think this is the way it is and you're told nope you're wrong you're crazy you know that's your imagination so we disconnect from that and we think that everyone else is right and we're wrong and we abandon ourselves 
And this is where most people get into adult lives and they feel empty inside because they've completely abandoned their own truth. I saw a really good reel or really uh, powerful Instagram reel the other day, which kind of was like this. uh, It was like one guy who created this, but the way he set it up was as if he was like, uh, he had like a little lighter and he was like flicking it and he was acting like it was his kid version of himself. And what was it? Oh, it was like how childhood trauma happens or something like that. That was kind of the title of it. But I think this could expand out to a lot of things. And he had a lighter in his hand and he kept flicking it, flicking it. And then he would get it to light and he would kind of like light up with joy. He'd be like, oh yeah, it's uh, joyous. And he's like, start looking around and then he would kind of put it up to his parent and the parent would blow out the, the light and kind of be like this face of disgust. Mm -hmm. And so then the kid would kind of like, kind of look away, didn't know what to do. And then did it again, tried to get the light to kind of shine, got it to shine. And it was like all excited and showed it to the parent. The parent blew it out and kind of gave like this like sign of disgust. And then the kid like kind of just like sat there with the lighter and was just like, okay, well, what am I going to do with this? Like it doesn't, the parent doesn't give a shit about this lighter. Like, okay, fine. I'll just stop. And then it kind of showed him having a kid and a kid (laughs) kind of doing the same thing with the lighter, showing it to him and then him blowing it out. Mm. And I was like, oh man, that, that hit home on many different levels. Yeah. That's that core belief of like, I'm not enough, you know, I'm not good enough. And this must mean, right. It's like when those moments happen in childhood, I think that those are the formulative core beliefs that we have. So this must mean I'm wrong. I'm bad. I'm not enough. You know, I need to change who I am to be loved and all of that. And then we spend all these years trying to become what we think our parents want us to be to receive their love. And then we're completely unhappy with our lives. And that's where I think most people mm-hmm. are. Yeah. And, and I guess how it sounds like you've done a lot of work to kind of find yourself away or out of that or, or burn down these walls, if you will, to, to self-liberate yourself a bit more. Are there any like exercises or techniques that you've been doing? Is it something that just kind of varies based on the day or like what, I guess, what does the process look like to discover what these walls are? Yeah, I you know, there's quite a few I would say that I kind of go to. Um, number one would be inner child healing. So really developing that relationship with your inner child. And I remember like first learning about inner child work. I was like, this is kind of weird. Like there's a kid inside. It's like, it's, kind of <laughs> foreign. it's a foreign concept, but it also makes so much sense because, you know, in quantum theory, everything is now. So your past, your present, and your future all exist simultaneously within this present moment. So that child part of you still exists in this moment that is experiencing that pain and it hasn't been liberated because it's never been given the space to be seen or heard. And mm-hmm. I think that when you go into that and you, you're really aware of your own triggers, right? Because the trigger is the entry point to the wound. So if you're being triggered, it's an invitation to be curious and be inquisitive with yourself. And I think journaling is a great tool for inner exploration. And when you do feel yourself experiencing a trigger to just take a pause and to just write down and be like, what is coming up for me? When's the first time that I felt this way? You know, where was this derived from? What's the beginning of this? And you'll, you'll be brought back. If you have the patience to connect with your, your unconscious and your subconscious mind, you'll be brought back to that moment when it first occurred. Um, And I think that after you identify, it's important to be able to feel the emotions and release the emotions from your body that are connected to that experience of whatever that trauma was, whether it was a small trauma, a big trauma, 
Um, you have to give yourself the space to feel that. And that's where breath work I've found to be really helpful to kind of mm. move somatically, move that emotion and that energy out of your body, to breathe into it, to give it the space, open it up, feel it, and then, you know, give yourself what you needed as a child in that moment that you might not have received. And this is uh, called reparenting. So we're, we're becoming the parent that that inner child needed and reinforcing um, more positive beliefs and positive affirmations and positive things. And then uh, lastly, I use a technique that we use in NLP, it's timeline healing. So going back into the memory and revising it, having a revision within your mind, because the, the subconscious doesn't know whether you're imagining something or it's actually taking place. So when you go back in and you you revision the memory and you experience it in your mind the way that you would like to have experienced it, um, it actually creates a new memory and a new emotional charge that is uh, deeply rooted in a positive experience and positive emotion. So you no longer need that trigger to come up for you to heal it. Interesting. So it sounds like you went through quite a few things there, which was NLP, journaling. Journaling. Yeah, I would say journaling is... Uh, you know, anytime something's coming coming up for you and you're feeling a strong emotion, the greatest way I've personally found is just to write, like let that let it come out. Sit down and just ask yourself the questions. What's happening here? And I've found that sometimes when we write, it you'll discover things about yourself that you didn't really realize. Um, journaling and meditation as well. Like if you just kind of get quiet with yourself, you'll be really surprised of the things that are trying to surface because you know, our outside world is so noisy and distracting and chaotic that we don't spend the time actually being quiet and present and still with ourselves where that's where most of your answers are. And you just right. got to be willing to make the space to go there. <clears throat> so yeah, journaling, breath, feeling is healing, releasing from the body. Don't hold on to that. I mean, that's where disease, sickness comes from in the body is we're holding on to these emotions and just keeping them in our body. We're not moving them out. Um, and then, you know, obviously the revision work works at the mental level. So you're really connecting spiritually, mentally, emotionally, um, physically with all of these aspects of self to come into alignment. This episode of Traveling to Consciousness is brought to you by Revive CBD. Now I know what you're thinking, another CBD product. And typically I would completely agree with you. I've gone through all my trials and tribulations with CBD products, but this CBD cream is unlike anything else. Honestly, I don't know what it is, but there's something in the technology of it that it helps absorb into your skin and actually get to the place that aches and soothes your muscles almost instantaneously. It, it's close to instant. It's probably about a five to 10 minute activation that I've noticed, but sometimes it goes a little bit quicker. And so I know it can be difficult for the find the right one. And this was my personal favorite that I found after long enough. <laughs> I don't want to go back to that dark time, but I found it. It works amazing. And the creator of it is an incredible guy. So I highly recommend you click the sponsors link below, click on the revive CBD tab and get yours today. Revive CBD, feel better, live better, all premium, all natural CBD products. It's interesting too, because everything you're highlighting here seems to be things that are at some level, very basic, right? Breathing. Okay. We've been doing that since the second we were born. Uh, visualization. We've been doing that since the second we were born. Uh, writing. I mean, maybe not the second we were born, but everyone learns how to do that at a very young age. Mm -hmm. Meditating, which I guess people haven't been doing really. It depends on where you're at, but if you just 
choose to sit still. It's something that everyone can basically do. So it's really not like there's a high entry point to do these very basic things. It's simple. It's actually, we overcomplicate it so much. I think that the ego wants it to be this like really drawn out, intense, dramatic experience so that we can give ourselves permission to let go. Mm. And I think it's really a lot easier than that. And going back to the basics, it, it I would say it's simple, not, not necessarily always easy, but it's really simple when you break it down. Like we have all the resources and the tools that we need that don't cost you any money within right. yourself. Right. And I think we, we strive, like so many of us are seeking like the external thing. Like I need to go do this class or I need to go do the certification. I need to go do this thing. And so much of it is like outside of you as a distraction from what all, all you need is yourself. You know, and that's really all you need. Yeah. It's reminding me of whenever, so it's been a couple of years ago. I don't remember how long ago this was, but I, I distinctly remember that like almost every other day I was probably ordering something off of Amazon, just something pops up. Yo, I, I probably need that. Oh, okay. Like I need that. Just kind of like these gut reaction buyings. And I realized like, I don't remember exactly what it was correlated to, but it was something with like meditating more. And uh, what was it? It was something like meditating more and probably something else along with like this spiritual line of inquiry. I realized that my Amazon purchases like just started going down. Like I just mm -hmm. naturally stopped buying more things. And I found this to be such a very interesting corollary of, okay, like what, like what the hell was I buying in the first place? <laughs> mm -hmm. And then now it's like, okay, I really don't need all the things that I was buying. So like what's going on here? And I remember it being a very weird kind of quasi situation I found myself in. Mm. It's, I mean, most people do, or most of us are actually just like looking outside of ourselves for the, the thing, the fix that's going to, oh, this is going to do it. This is going to be the thing. And that void, it's, it's never filled with anything outside of yourself. And we get to that point where we start to realize that, yeah, maybe it's a temporary high, or maybe it's a temporary feeling of goodness, but it's not sustainable. It's not long lasting. And you get to that point. We're like, okay, there's got to be more to this because I've tried all the things. I've, I've tried the drugs. I've tried the sex. I've tried the alcohol. I've tried the, <laughs> the food. It's not filling that void. So it's got to be something deeper within me. And I think that is the place where most people experience their awakening. Yeah, that, that's certainly what happened to me in my journey with living in San Diego had basically everything that you listed on your list there. And it was it was, it was so readily available. I mean, I always tell people that I find specific parts of San Diego, but San Diego in general is kind of like this neverland where you kind of go and just, you can have all the fun that you want in the entire world. And I was having a conversation with a buddy of mine and, you know, I was kind of, he was kind of talking about how he's, it, it felt like he was still in that energy of still trying to kind of be in Neverland, if you will. Mm -hmm. And I kind of was talking to him, like I'm very much at a point in my life now where I am almost not even seeking that external pleasure of whether it's a relationship or, you know, drugs, alcohol. And so I found it interesting. And he was like, Oh, like you're kind of on this, um, I forget the word that he used, but it was something of like foregoing desire. And I was like trying to tell him like, no, it's not like that. I'm exactly foregoing it, but I'm kind of just like 
not actively seeking it, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And it got to this interesting point where he, where I kind of got to this weird stance of like, do you actually need to experience all of those external pleasures and desires in order to realize that you don't need them? Right. Like Mm -hmm. there's this interesting conundrum of, in my journey where like I had all of it, right. Well-paying job, set for my life, great friend group, great house, great everything. Right. And yet there was still that piece of unfulfillment. And that's kind of what happened to me with my little, like, Oh shit, there's something more here that I'm missing. But then I've always kind of been curious if people can get to that point without ever experiencing all of those physical world items, if you will. Yeah. It's a good question. I think, you know, we're not really taught how to cultivate like inner pleasure. Like, I don't, I don't think I was ever taught that. I mean, you, you realize, or you think that all of that comes from other things. And I think that what I've realized is even like with relationships and, you know, being in love with someone, all it is, is a permission to experience the love that's already inside you. And I think what I've realized is that all of those things were just permission slips for me that I, you don't need any of that stuff. And I, and I think going back to like liberation, that's where the liberation occurs is, yeah, I can play with those things and I can experience those things and that's fun, but that's not where my source is. And that's where you realize this source is coming internally instead of externally. And it goes back to balance. I can experience all those things in balance. I don't have to be black or white. And that I think really is where I have found this year that it's not like a this and that or this or that. It's a this and that. Right. You can have both of those things once you realize the world isn't black and white. You it's don't more have to of an and. Yeah, it's an and. It's like, well, I can experience that and this. I can hold both perspectives. I can choose both things at the same time. Right. And there's a piece of me that's also kind of hearing you and relating this back to that, like non-attachment and desire, right? Because I guess where desire comes in, right? Is that you desire an item because you believe it's going to make you feel a certain way. And I'm sure this goes right up your alley with manifestation, Mm -hmm. but it's even, it's interesting, right? Because I've, whenever I quit my job in San Diego, my whole desire was to live a life of absolute freedom you know, being able to move and live wherever I wanted and do whatever I wanted, whenever I wanted. And, and in this process, I'm starting to realize that if you're not even almost free of desire, then how free really are you? Mm. Right. Because if you have a desire to achieve something or, I mean, and and this is where it gets weird because it feels like there's a purpose to that. But if I have a desire, whether it's relationship huge podcast, whatever, then I become a slave to that desire. Yeah. Well, I think desire implies lack, right? Too. It's like, I don't have that. So the thing that I've realized, and I've been in the manifestation community for a while, and I actually, I pulled back a little bit and I stopped really sharing as much about manifestation stuff. When I started to notice it becoming a really, and I hate using this word, but it started to become really narcissistic. It started to become like people are just trying to figure out how to fulfill their egos through the art of manifestation. Mm. And, you know, I want to grow my following and I want to have more money. I want to have a car and a house and all these material things. And I think we were really 
missing the point of manifestation and really missing that um, it's not about manifesting from the ego. Yes, we can have all those things, but it's more about manifesting from the soul. And when you manifest from the soul, it's not about trying. It's not about efforting. It's about just being who you are and allowing the universe to bring to you all the things that are going to complement your authentic expression of who you are. And to me, that's that's the place that I want to start moving into and teaching from is the really soul desire. Like soul desire is different than ego craving and ego fulfillment. And I think that it's it's about recognizing the intention behind what that desire is for you. And is it connected to universal love and the highest good of all? And how do you, how do you, do you just feel whenever that's a yes? Yeah, it's, it's just being, I think, truthful with, with yourself. It's like, why do I want this? Again, going back to the feeling, why do I want this? Where is this coming from? Do I think that when I achieve this thing that I will then be able to give myself the validation of being good enough? Do I think that when I have this, now I'm going to matter? Is it coming from the feeling of lack or is it coming from the feeling of being abundant and infinite? Mm. And you can distinguish between the two. And again, it's not bad or wrong to manifest from either of those places. We do both. I think it's just recognizing when you're trying to manifest something, what is the real driving force behind that? What's the energy behind what you're creating? And I've learned that when it comes from the ego, we end up learning lessons. When it comes from the soul, we end up experiencing genuine fulfillment. Cool. That's interesting. I experienced that with my relationship, my, my, um, my partner that I was engaged to a couple of years ago. It's like it, on paper looked great on the outside physically it was you know looked great i felt <laughs> i felt good about it my ego was was feeling good about it i got the ring that i wanted i got the whole the house i was living in my dream house i was and i was like oh this is amazing i made it all while under the surface i was feeling intense feelings of inadequacy insecurity shame i was in a relationship with someone who was abusive to me and trying to cover all of that up with this exterior that seemingly looked the way that it was supposed to. I'm like, why am I not happy? Why am I not fulfilled? I have all the stuff. Mm. It looks the way I was, you know, envisioning on my vision board, but it feels awful Mm. because I thought all this stuff was going to make me feel like I mattered and that I was important and I was good enough. And it didn't fill that sense of inadequacy within me. So I shattered all of it, sold the house, got rid of the fiance, <laughs> you know, moved, I to moved, California. moved to <laughs> California. And I just, I gave all that stuff up because that's to me that that's not what really made me happy. This episode of traveling to consciousness is brought to you by Superpass. Now, what the hell is Superpass, you might be asking? Well, I use Superpass to host my website, host all of my amazing content. I use them for my app, the app, the amazing app that I know you're listening to this on that I don't even need to tell you about that's available on the Amazon. and oh, It's not available on Amazon. It's available on the iOS and Google Play Store. That app, the one that you're listening to this podcast on, the Traveling to Consciousness app, they're absolutely amazing. So honestly, if you're a content creator and need to organize and put things in one place, I highly recommend Superpass. 
They have an amazing community. They have an amazing support team who I've always been in contact with, reaching out with, and they're always increasing that product. So I highly recommend it. At checkout, I highly also recommend that you use promo code Clayton2022 because you'll receive 10% off your first 12 months of a yearly or monthly package, which is up to like a $300 value, which is crazy. So please go do that. Check that out. Click the link below. Go down to sponsors. Click on the SuperPass affiliate link and sign up today. SuperPass, everything you need to build a content business. And you're touching on a a point that I, I guess I've seen before, which is like the idea of being able to create your reality or a manifested even from your ego. Mm-hmm. Like you're you're you you pulled it off, you know. Like mm-hmm. like you even said you pulled it off, but all of it came from a place of ego. So do you when you kind of came to that conclusion, did you next time you made a vision board, I'm assuming you made another one, did you mm-hmm find a way to pivot that from the ego to have it come from a place of the soul. Like, like yes. what, because right. Cause like in my mind, right. If we're, if we're putting a piece of paper on pen, if we're putting pen on paper, right. I, you know, you could write the same words, right. I want a husband with, in this house with a ring yet one version, you write that with ego and one version, you write that with your soul. Mm-hmm. What's the difference? Yeah. I, I think, from the place of ego and manifesting like the ring and and the partner and everything for me, it made having that to my ego made me feel like I was worthy. Like I was worthy of love. Mm-hmm. And it was coming from that place of not already feeling that I didn't feel worthy. I didn't feel lovable. I didn't feel any of those things. And I thought that when I had that, I would feel that. And I didn't. And I was like, oh, it's not about what I can create outside of myself. It's about what I can create inside of myself, which is the feeling of worthiness and being enough and being valuable from the inside, which meant really figuring out who the hell I was outside of all the stuff, like all the illusions, all the physical stuff, like what, who am I? Do I even like myself? Do I even like who I am? Do I like who I am towards other people? Do I like how I'm showing up? And I think it, I really brought it back to me and identifying all the parameters and all the belief systems and everything that was making me feel this way and unearthing that. And then, and then you create, when you create from a a deep sense of worth and confidence in yourself and integrity and truth, your vision changes for what you want for your life. And that's where that's so that right there at the end, there's where it gets very fascinating for me because a lot of what I've been fixed is fixated on right now is just the idea of like releasing desires. And I can feel that there's like this other person, if you will, inside me, it's probably the ego, which is sitting there saying, Oh, if you, if you let go of these desires, you're not going to get any of these things. Like it's not going to happen, but there's like also that piece of me that just doesn't believe it. Right. There's, whether it's from the external world or internal world, I'm not sure where it comes from, but there's a piece of me that's saying like, you know, just because you want, uh, it's such a fascinating thing to talk about because it's like, just because you want, like you can want something, right? Like in your case, husband, the house, whatever. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that can be manifested out of both 
situations, ego mm-hmm. or soul. But it's like, it's like, it almost sounds like you didn't like you, like the desire, like to desire something, right. Is always, I think you said this earlier now that I'm articulating it out loud. Maybe it's just resonating in more with mm-hmm. me where you're, that desire, the energy of desiring something is purely from the ego, more of just, I am going to create all of this stuff for myself because I am that powerful. Mm-hmm. I am that. I like whatever the desire is that you have, it there's, there's a part of you that is believing you don't have something. I desire this because I don't have something. So again, coming from that place of, of lack and whatever you think you want, if you can really just get in touch with what do you think that's going to bring you? Mm. What do you think that desire is going to give to you that you don't already have within yourself? And I think it's being able to then turn around and cultivate that feeling within yourself. And then the irony of it is that when you no longer need it, it comes to you. And that's sort of the paradox of life. The more that you fill yourself internally with the feelings that you feel are missing, all the other stuff will materialize around you as evidence of your energetic state of being. I think you just touched on something that really just kind of clicked in my head where you were saying, um, like utilize almost that, like you can almost utilize, you kind of said this, but I don't, I'm going to articulate it maybe a little differently where it's like, if you desire the husband, right? It's like, why do you desire a husband? Oh, validation. Oh, Mm -hmm. worthiness. And then you can almost use that worthiness or that understanding of validation to then because again, this is coming from that ego. You can then use that to whether it's like reparenting or journaling, figure out why you need an external thing to feel that certain way. And I feel like that might be the way you can kind of like use that answer as like its healing mechanism to get you to the the place of your soul, if you will, or, or creating from your soul. A hundred percent. Yeah. And it's like, I think the difference is like, okay, well, if I want the husband and all this stuff to feel validated, the invitation is self-validation, right? So then in, instead of my desire being coming, like coming from lack of needing fulfillment from external to internal, we reverse it. And now it's like, I want a partner. I want a husband because I want someone to share this overflowing love I have with someone. Mm. I want to share the value that I know that I have internally within me, I want to be able to share that. I want to be able to give that. And I think that's the core difference between lack and abundance is I have all of this love to give and share instead of I don't have any love or worthiness within myself. I need it. I need it from someone else. Mm. And that's the switch. That's the energetic switch where now you're going to start to attract differently because you're not attracting from like the void you're not attracting from that space which ultimately is just going to reflect back to you that you don't love yourself that you don't feel good enough that you don't feel worthy so these are the partners you're going to invite into your life that was my experience feeling not good enough you're going to get someone that pokes on that wound for you as a gift whereas if i just feel like and, and this has been the kind of the difference in my past relationship and the relationship that I am in now is that going into this relationship, I had really established a lot of love for myself. And I started to integrate all of the things that I disowned and all the things that I 
thought were bad or wrong about me. I started to really see them as unique gifts that made me really special and valuable. And I know that I have a lot to offer because of the work that I've done on myself and just who I am and the light that I have. So my tolerance level for behaviors that are hurtful and that don't feel good to me is way smaller because I love and value myself more. So I don't participate in experiences where I I would before because I didn't feel valuable. So I thought I had to tolerate a lot more. Whereas now it's like, oh, that no, I'm not tolerating that because I love myself. And looking and boundaries. And looking, yeah, and looking back on it, how do you see that that helped attract in or lead you to the person you're with now? I think as you establish the parameters and the boundaries of the way that you want to be treated and coming from a place of knowing what you deserve and knowing your value, that people are going to naturally bounce out that are not willing to put in the effort and the work to be the type of person that you want in your life. So as you Mm -hmm. establish that, you invite someone up. And I think that's really what I learned. It's like, instead of demanding someone to be the way you want them to be, stand in your power and say, this is this is what works for me in a relationship. And this is what I need to feel seen and heard and loved in a relationship. And it's okay if you can't meet me there. So you know, it sounds I like you almost, still love you. you almost are able to say no to people quicker then. Yes. Yes. You say, you say not even like say no, but you just, you say no to certain behaviors that you've entertained in the past because you know where that's going to go. I've been down that road. I've been with people who are emotionally unavailable. I've, I've been with those type of, and I know how that's going to end up. So the only way things will change is if you make different choices. If you go into, uh, you break up with someone, you go into the relation, next relationship and you do the same exact things, you're going to get the same results. You, you have to be willing to change yourself in order for everything else around you to change. That's, it all starts with self. Yeah. It's not easy though. <laughs> it's really Is not it? easy. You know, I mean, what even now in my relationship, it's, I, I would say like, you know, no relationship is perfect. And even in my relationship now, it's like, I think there's a fundamental difference between men and women that I've, I've noticed. It's like, you know, women want it. We want to express our emotions. We want to talk about how we feel. We want to maybe like, sometimes it's, it's a lot for men that really want to fix things. They want to solve the problem. That's kind of just innate. And so we have these two really different perspectives and then you try to come together and make sense of each other. And it's not always easy. You know, you've Mm -hmm. got to be willing to disrupt your own patterns of unhealthy behaviors and you've got to want to, you know, and it's okay if somebody doesn't, that's, that's sort of my approach to relationships these days. Like I don't go into it going, this thing has to last forever and it's going to be perfect. And this is the end all be all. It's like, I'm going to go into this with an open heart and, and I'm going to explore whether or not this is right for me. And I think my approach to life has been open your heart, take the risk, do the thing. And if it works out beautiful, and if it doesn't, you learn. And to kind of remove this layer of judgment and shame that we, we put around ourselves and just give yourself permission to live life and figure out what the hell works for you. Right. Be okay with walking away from things that don't. That's probably a difficult part too, is that mm-hmm. that can invite in fear as well as if you're not ready or don't want to move on from 
you know, the past or especially if it was a good thing and nothing bad even happened, right? Like if you were, I know I've been in relationships where like nothing bad happened, but just circumstances of life pulled us apart. And I, I know that there's that resistive energy to, oh, I'm not going to find someone like this, you know, X, Y, Z, but you know, it, there's a big Sean quote. I think I actually brought this up last time we talked for some reason. I feel like we did, but the big Sean quote, which is like, uh, what's the perfect girl if it's not the perfect time. And so it's mm-hmm. like, you know, you, you have all these different areas, I suppose of, you know, what goes into making a relationship solid. And, and that seems like one of them as well. Yeah. You got to be ready. You know, I think you gotta, you gotta want it. And the thing that I realize is like, you, you do all this healing work on yourself and you think you're, you're like, I'm good. I'm solid. I'm feeling like I'm aligned. I'm confident. And then you get in a relationship you're like, Oh, shit <laughs> like all the things come back up again you're like all right well i still got that insecurity or i still got that fear of abandonment i still got that rejection coming up and you get the opportunity to look at yourself i think that's the gift of relationships is we get that mirror reflection back to us and you can choose to fight it or you can you know choose to use it as a vehicle for evolution i'm kind of curious too because i was looking at pictures of where was I? Oh, on your Instagram. And I saw pictures of the guy you're currently with and you, and I was like, this is like, there, there was something that like felt real here. I was like, okay, there's some like solid energy that's kind of coming through this photo. So I, I'm curious, like a, your thoughts on that, but then also B, if you've looked at photos of you with your ex fiance and then the person you're with now and seeing any similarities or differences. Oh yeah. I mean, I think that it's interesting. I noticed my ex, we would get into like these huge fights. Like I'm talking, it was like knockdown drag out. And then he would post a photo of us and be like, I love you, babe. You're the best. Da, 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 da. And I'm like, all these people think that we just have this beautiful relationship. And it's just <laughs> so fake. It's so fake. And I, after that, I just was like, I never want to portray that to the world ever again. So yeah, when I look at those pictures, even the engagement photos, I remember when he was proposing to me, I had this like nauseous feeling in my stomach. And I was like, oh God, I just, I knew, like I knew deep down inside that this wasn't the right person for me, yet I ignored it. And what happens when you ignore that, like they're in the universe intercepts and just blows shit up for you so you can move on. Um But yeah, I think with my relationship now, I've decided to be a bit more private with it Um, and to, you know, there's things that I like to share, but for the most part, I try to just keep that to myself and nurture it, you know, and, and really keep it. Yeah. I don't know. I don't feel, I don't feel like I need to share as much. And maybe that's just like a thing that I'm equating to my past relationship is unconscious, but that's kind of where I'm at. I mean, as a content creator, I've always kind of thought about that line of how much do you share? How much do you kind of hold back? Do you just like let it all out there? Do you pull back? And so it sounds like you're approaching that balance in regards to relationships as well. Yeah. it. I mean, how does that, I don't know. When I think about my content and what I put out, I really try my best not to just put filler content out there just to be like, oh, look at me. This is my life. I think there's already so much toxicity in the social media arena, making people think their lives aren't as good as other people. So I try to be really uh, conscious of what I'm putting out and making sure that it's adding value to someone's life instead of just filling up their feed. So I'd, there are aspects of relationships, I think, in the future as I evolve and learn 
that I'll be able to share more in that area. But right now I just feel like the content I put out is curated to like manifestation and, you know, teaching quantum physics and all those things. Cause I mm. think that people will get a lot more out of that than just seeing fluffy pictures of me and my boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit more on brand. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I think it's cool to share your life and I love to be able to share my life and my lifestyle with, with people, but there are, there are bigger, more important things I think that I have as far as priorities and sharing. This episode of Traveling to Consciousness is brought to you by Conscious Technologies, LLC. Talk about an aligned company name. This company creating technology that will revolutionize the way that humanity is able to resonate or vibrate with the electromagnetic frequency of your phone, of your Wi-Fi router, of the light bulbs in your house, of really anything. What they do is they have created these amazing minerals, amazing units that you can either place on the back of your phone, you can wear it as a necklace, or they even have like little in-house generators, if you will, that can unify the entire field of an entire house. I've experienced these things in person and I unequivocally can tell you that it does something and it helps you feel more present, more calm, and more connected to the spiritual dimension, if you will. And I highly recommend that you also check out episode number 034, where I actually talked to one of the co-founders and it, it blew my mind away. One of my favorite episodes where we actually get into how he creates it, why it's created. And, you know, if this wasn't enough of a sell for you, go check out that episode because I know that it will sell you after that. Conscious Technologies, LLC, harmonizing the planet one person at a time. Sure. I mean, I guess from my perspective is it helps even validate 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 the right word maybe validate doesn't feel like the right word but it it almost helps show that like what you're doing is accurate right if you are able especially i know majority of your clientele is probably females and so it's like i assume majority of them or a lot of them and this is probably a lot of my past programming want to probably find a significant other i mean mm -hmm. honestly who doesn't i'm sure guys at some level want to find one as well but you know when you come from that emotional state it might be a little bit higher. So, I mean, I don't know. I could see that as even being a, a helpful thing to your business. But again, I'm sure there's that line where it's like, how much of this personal stuff do I keep private? How much of it's like, can I actually leverage for my business? Do I actually want to leverage my personal relationship for my business? And there's this dance that mm -hmm. probably occurs there as well. Yeah. Sometimes I just, I feel better about keeping bigger manifestations like that to myself even in the beginning stages, I think that, you know, we have a tendency to like get other people's opinions and what do you think about this? And what do you think mm -hmm. about that? And then all of that kind of clouds your own judgment and intuition. So those things that maybe you haven't quite yet solidified and feel really grounded and confident in yet, it's sometimes a good thing just to keep that to yourself mm. until that manifestation feels really, really solid and grounded and you're unaffected by other people's opinions and judgments and things like that. You know, so. that feels like a, a really powerful thing to discuss because I was even thinking about this somewhere along the way, because someone was talking about how by telling other people your goals, that gives them, it gives the goals like more power, right? So, mm -hmm. you know, the one that I've had on here, right? The number one we already kind of talked about was like interviewing an alien, right? Um, I know another one's to be like on Joe Rogan's at some point. And so I find it fascinating because it's like, 
I've always kind of gotten this like double-edged sword where people I've talked to tend to say that you should share those goals with other people because then who knows somebody listening might know Joe or might know an alien and Mm -hmm. get that worked (laughs) out. But then it's interesting to your point as well, because I think you're bringing in a very powerful aspect, which is if you don't feel certain in that idea, right? Like that, that's a possibility of me going on Joe Rogan's, then the world or people are going to come through the woodworks and be like, Hey, it's not possible. Like, dude, it's not <laughs> happening. Like you'll never be on there. The stuff you talk about, he doesn't give a shit about, you know what I mean? And then you're going to latch onto that and it's going to almost deteriorate your, your drive, your drive to mm-hmm. do such a thing. And so I think it's a really important point you bring up about creating that solid foundation below a goal before sharing it. But, but then maybe even getting to the point where you can confidently share it with others. Yeah, you've got to get to that point of certainty. And I think it's good to share. Like, I have girlfriends that, like, we're at the same level in terms of expanded consciousness with our dreams and our visions. And there are certain people in my life I know that if I go to and share that with them, they'll be like, oh my God, Lindsay, that's amazing. Go for it. Like, that's so cool. Let me hold the vision for you. Mm. Like, we'll visualize together. I have girlfriends where we'll just literally sit. She'll be like, this is my dream. Okay, this is my dream. Now let's visualize it for each other. And that's potent. You know, that's really powerful. I mean, even in the Bible, it says where two or more gathered, the energy is increased, right? So it's potent. But (coughs) I think that you just have to be aware of the people in your life that are committed to their victim consciousness and limitation. And, And I would recommend not engaging or sharing your dreams with people that can't see that for you Mm. so it's yeah it just depends on the person it's just like shame right it's like if you're going to share that your shame with someone and they re-trigger you into more shame that's not helpful same thing for your dreams be present with who you're sharing it with and make sure that it feels good to you and you feel expanded you know when you're sharing those dreams but i do there are the bigger things in my life that i'm calling in I do tend to keep them to myself until I feel a level of like really deep knowing and certainty that they're going to happen for me. Yeah. I like that. That makes a lot of sense too. Because again, I think that comes back to the energy we were talking about. If you're, if I'm saying that I want to have an alien on the podcast, I want to go on Joe's because of a sense of it, a validation of it, making me see, feel validated. Then every time I speak that it's going to be, fed from the ego as opposed Mm -hmm. to maybe a more enlightened or higher place. So that is an interesting point that you bring up as well. Yeah. We think about the vibration of love too. And like when we create things, when we're manifesting things, that energy is so much faster, like frequency wise. So when you're in that state of love, excitement, joy, whatever, your manifestation can happen a lot faster because your vibration is a lot higher. So you're coming from that state of love, like being on Joe for you. It's like, if the energy, the intention behind that is because I want to reach more people with my message and I want to share this to a larger audience because I know the impact that will make collectively. It's in a vibration of universal love and oneness. Whereas if you're like, I want to be on Joe because I want my shit to blow up and I want to make a lot of money so I can feel like I've made it totally different intentions and energy behind that vision. For sure. And the the vision, when it comes from love, will manifest a whole lot faster because you're you're in connection with the universe for the greater good of all. Yeah, and this is maybe somewhere where we can even transition into like the idea of quantum jumping, if you will, because I know I've experienced that shit with my TikTok. I've experienced it with Instagram now, and 
it's kind of gotten a little <laughs> it's fun it's it's interesting because once you experience it once or twice i mean i'm up to two times now it's like all right when's the next time gonna happen mm-hmm. so have you have you experienced you know maybe it's not in that sphere specifically but like things like that where things just unravel very quickly for you in a certain direction and if so what has been the catalyst for that how have you kind of like created that how have you set up the the dominoes so that you just need to flick the finger and they all come down yeah i would say like i mean similar to you when my tiktok went viral a couple years ago that it completely changed my life like my business blew up i was getting opportunities um I, I would say to another quantum jump after that was I got, I, I started having this thought about writing a book and I was just like, it popped into my head. I was like, I don't know how it's going to happen. I've never really actually thought about it. And I had a client the same week go, I think you should write a book. <laughs> I was like, all right, I'm picking up, like I'm getting the message. And within the same week, I had a publishing company reach out to me and ask me if I would write a book with them. I was just like, what the, it's just kind of wild when right. you get those ideas and you have no resistance to them. They just sort of flow in. Um, but yeah, then when my TikTok went viral too, it felt like I just shifted into another reality. And I go back to that state when I was making that video and what the difference was for me. And I genuinely was having fun. I was just mm. having fun. It was a simple idea that I got while I was in the shower. And I was like, this would be really helpful for people. And my intention was so pure when I put that out and it wasn't to be like, I want to be famous. I want to go viral. It it didn't have any of that stuff laced with it. And I think those are the things when they're just so pure and genuine that it ends up just unraveling for you because you're not manipulating it. You're not trying to manipulate the universe. You're just being who you are and just expressing yourself. And like with the book deal, Obviously, there was a part of me that was open. Was like, okay, universe, if you bring this to my door, I'll I'll move. I'll move in the direction. I'm not trying to force it, but I'm I'm expanding myself to receive, and I'm opening, to, you know, to the universe to receive whatever's coming my way, so that I can be a, a catalyst. I can be a vessel, a transmitter of this to make it happen. And sometimes all you have to do is be willing, mm. and just say, I'm open. Show me, show me the step. Show me the next thing to move me into that higher timeline where I am experiencing the life that I want. And you're going to have to move, but be open and and pay attention to what the universe is showing to you. When you see things in multiples, it's usually like, Hey, there's something here. I'm trying to get your attention. It's subtle, but just pay attention to those things and be willing to move. Yeah. That's interesting. What it, so I had just a flash of ideas there. <laughs> I just had a <laughs> rush of questions just went through my head. Where was I going with that? Let's take oh. <laughs> it was um <laughs> it was about planning. Like the idea of actually planning something versus just kind of like waiting for that divine inspiration. Cause this is something that I think I've been in the conundrum with lately as well of okay, if I have this crazy goal, like how much planning should I be doing, right? Like um, let's say have a big podcast, right? I have to put out new episodes if I'm going to increase the viewership, right? That's just like mm-hmm. the number one thing, you know, and then there's other things like, you know, learn to become a better interviewer or just practice or whatever it is. But there also seems to be a piece of me, you know, and before I go to the other piece to finish that thought, there's kind of like this long stretch of items that need to happen. Right. And so you can reverse engineer that with the logical, mm-hmm. 
do you find that there's also a balance then? I mean, maybe a balance or not, but just like sitting back and kind of just sitting in that energy of not needing anything, just listening to the universe and just like being open. Like, is that, is that also a much valid, like a much valid option? (laughs) Is that also a valid option to just sit and wait and listen as opposed to even doing any planning whatsoever? Yeah, I, I think it's a blend and this is where the masculine feminine energies kind of coexist. I think that it's a blend of both, right? If we swing too far in the direction of structure and planning and strategy and rigidity, we are, you know, solely taking on the role of creation by ourselves and thinking that we know better. Mm. Whereas when we're completely in the feminine and we're in the flow and we're just kind of sitting back and not taking any action then we end up making no progress. So I think it's really a blend of both. Like you, you want to take the time to connect into your intuition and listen to yourself and figure out, okay, what's the next step I'm being guided to take and to listen. But then when you're presented with that, you've got to take the action. You've got to move. So it's, it's both. It's the, it's the blend and the balance of that dance between masculine and feminine and not being too far one way or the other. And that's where most most of us try to figure out, like, what is that sweet spot? What does it look like? Mm-hmm. I don't think there's any right or wrong way to do it. I think you just have to figure out what your groove is. And like, for me, I, I try to meditate every day and I try to, you know, connect to a vision that feels really, really big. I think when you have a vision that goes beyond just like, oh, I want to manifest a successful podcast or, you know, I want to manifest a certain amount of following, but like expand that, go even further beyond that and, and, you know, see the bigger impact that you're making. And I think that naturally will pull you forward and give you inspiration and give you ideas. And, um, and then you take action based on that inspiration instead of, uh, force or hustle or lack or fear, you're being inspired to these ideas that feel really good. And I think when you when you feel excitement about an idea, that's your intuition. It's like, go this way. It's it's very subtle. It doesn't push you. It doesn't make you feel like if you don't do this, you're going to fail or you're going to suck at life. It just, it gently moves you through excitement, through that like, oh, that feels cool. That feels good. It feels expansive. And I think when you move in the direction of that, the next step will appear and the next step will appear. And eventually you're going to look back and go, I couldn't have planned that. Mm. It unfolded in a way that I couldn't have planned. And I think, you know, if it's helpful for your mind to have a plan and have a structure, do that. But also remember, there's a whole nother aspect here of a non-physical that is trying to guide you and lead you. So make sure that you have the mind and the heart in coherence and you'll find that life is a lot more fluid. This episode of Traveling to Consciousness is brought to you by Mushy Love. Mushy Love is a latte type blendable mushroom caffeine free elixir that honestly tastes like a liquid cinnamon roll and i know that you're going to find that on their website but it's honestly true it's stacked with more than twice the amount of mushrooms as any other mushroom latte and i know that there's one in particular that we all think about which kind of starts with the word mud but this one blows that one out of the water i highly highly recommend if you even try that one to just give this one a shot and i promise you that you will not you will not be sorry 
because I just, uh, it's so good. It's honestly so good. And I want to get to a place where I can actually just, they send me these all the time for free. So please go and buy it because if you buy more, then they'll start sending me more. And it's just honestly a win-win because it tastes amazing. Like even in water. So even if you're cutting, even if you don't want to like put milk in or coffee with it, you can just do it plain in water. And it's so freaking good guys. Go click the sponsors link below. Scroll down to mushy love buy your pack today remember promo code clayton promo code i can't even talk right now promo code clayton at checkout for 10 percent off your purchase mushy love mushrooms shouldn't have to taste like mud give yourself some mushy love yeah i've really been trying to i think look at what do i need to do every day like like what are things i need to do every day and then what are things i need to do every single week in order to make these visions become a reality if you will and I, I think there's probably something in what you were saying where it's like what's the next thing i need to do right and like having that open response from the universe and then the goal seems to be i mean again this is me getting super logical about this which is to just add those small things within your daily routine because it's already like you got your routine you're nailing it and then once you feel comfortable ask the universe, like, what's the next thing I need to do? And it's interesting because I've noticed with myself, when I've asked that question, I'll usually get like three or four things and I try to implement them all at the same time. Hmm. And I notice that it will usually have this whiplash effect where I'll do it for like a week, but then it like kind of pushes me back two steps because I'm like, ah, oh, shit, like I burned myself out. I'm not trusting the process as opposed to just like, add just like that one thing each week or add it every other week or something like that. Don't have this continuous process of, okay, day one, like, you know, I need to record. Okay, cool. What do I do on day two? Oh, you need to do two, you know, like twice the amount. It's like, no, just do like a little bit more. And then it like will slowly just kind of keep compounding on itself. Yeah. And I think like once you take an action, it's the inspiration then comes after you take the action and the guidance comes after you move right? It's like, you're, mm. we're trying to be three steps ahead. And we're not even taking the first step. You're not even doing the small things. And if, if you can just 1% of change really every day. And that's what I tell my clients. It's like 1%, one degree of change. If you think about a, a ship on the water in the ocean, if you changed your trajectory one degree every single day, you're going to end up at a completely different location, right. you know? So that small shift every day is going to make a huge difference in the long run. And you know, make sure that the steps that you're giving yourself is something that you can stick to, something that feels good, something that is realistic. You know, a lot of us set ourselves up for failure just in our own expectations of what we think we're supposed to be doing. And if it doesn't feel good, you're going to gravitate away from that. Um, so make your schedule, make your routine feel good to you. And also give yourself permission to change that, completely shatter your routines every once in a while. It's like, we're not meant to be doing the same exact thing all the time. There will be a point when you maybe evolve out of that routine and need to mix it up and add something else. And it's about just being present in your body every single day and honoring what you need and making adjustments accordingly. So uh, yeah, have a little, have a plan, but also don't be so rigid to needing that plan to go that way. Because sometimes life is going to take you around the mountain, up the hill, take a left, make a right, and then you end up at your destination. And it doesn't look like that really linear path that our mind likes to convince us it has to go.
it, it definitely feels a lot comfortable to try to keep that to keep that routine as much as we can too yeah yeah because it's like if you if you break out of that now all the thoughts are like see it's not going to happen you didn't do the thing mm. you didn't follow the structure so you're going to fail and this is why right yeah it, it's it's tough especially as an entrepreneur and as a business owner it's like you know we're constantly trying to grow and we're trying to expand and be better and then we see everything that all these other people are doing and they're telling you you got to do it this way it's like if you're listening to all the noise you don't figure out what your way everybody has their own way right it's like your north star and that seems to be like a huge thing especially in the entrepreneurial space even where so many people want to say you have to grind you have to hustle and they have their the way they did it right and they can only tell you the way that they did it because that's the only way that they know to have gotten where they had have gotten. And I think that's probably where a lot of my confusion might've came in is like listening to so many people who, you know, they're successful by any stretch of the imagination, right? At least monetarily speaking or financially or relationship wise, you're like, okay, they're successful. They have a large following. They have a lot of money. Clearly that's what I need to get to. But then it's interesting to hear how all of the stories are actually different. You know, there's some people like Gary Vee who talks about hustling and gratitude and just you need to grind and always put out like seven pieces of content a day. And then there's someone like Joe Rogan, like we were talking about, where he's more he's just like, I kind of just went with my fault. I kind of just followed what I wanted to do in life and what I saw being big. And so I just followed that trajectory. And then you have people um like Tony Rogan, who's all about your internal state. He's like, or Tony Rogan, <laughs> Tony, Tony Rogan. Yeah. You got Rogan on the brain. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Yeah. It must be, must be really crushing on him. We're right sending now. messages to him right now. We're pinging him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I, I definitely, before we get off of that, I definitely like, I think there's something to the idea of like a group where they like kind of just meet up and then like you focus on one person, like meditating over time. So before we get off that idea, I definitely wanted to put it out there. Like if you put, if that, is something that you do or want to put together. I'm definitely down to help with that idea. I'd love that. Yes. We'll talk. <laughs> okay. We'll put a, put a pin in that. Yes. Um, but yeah, to finish that idea, like with Tony Robbins, how he's like, you know, he's all about internal, your internal state, a little bit of NLP type stuff. Definitely. You know? And so I, I find it very fascinating how it's almost, it's almost like taking pieces from each person that makes sense. But but at the same time, you kind of want to just follow your own path. It's almost like, okay, that's a little closer to like my path or this mm-hmm. one's a little bit closer, but none of them are exactly my path. And, and there needs to be like this level of trusting that that's okay. Like that's an mm-hmm. all right thing to not be exactly like their path. Yeah. I, I, I think like, honestly, there really is no path. It's, it's whatever feels good to you in the moment and whatever resonates with you and there is no right or wrong like it doesn't matter what you're what you're doing there's no destination that you're ever going to reach like there's never going to be an end of the road so, because there is no road it is is truly just this moment hmm. and i try to just whenever i listen to someone talk or whenever i'm reading a book or whenever i'm learning something i just try to pay attention to how it feels in my body and I think that it you have to develop a relationship with your body enough to know what a yes is and what a no is to you and what resonates with you. And I think that if you 
really remove this layer of like judgment and practice discernment, you'll be able to recognize like what feels good to you, what doesn't feel good to you. And you don't have to make anybody else's journey right or wrong. You just Mm. simply choose what feels right for you in the moment without judgment. It's like cool, cool path, cool story, you know, (laughs) (laughs) however you choose to to live your, your life and whatever journey, you know, you choose to go on in this human experience. Like that's beautiful. I get to witness how other people want to show up and what they want to create and what they want to embody for themselves. And I can witness that without feeling like I have to be that. But if there are parts of someone's journey that you find resonate with you and inspire you, I think that is a beautiful way to um, expand your mind and believe in possibility for yourself. Kind of going off of that divine light or that divine Mm -hmm. spark. Mm -hmm. Yeah. People expand our consciousness through their decisions because we, we then increase the believability for ourselves. Like, oh, if they did it, then I can do it. Mm. But you don't have to follow the model. You have to create your own model. It's almost like even when that. I, Go ahead. I was going to say, even when I'm like teaching or coaching people, I'm not necessarily going, this is the method. This is what you have to follow. It's more about what it feels right to you. What are the things that I've shown you or that I've taught you that feel good to you, that, that inspire you, that light you up? Like Those are the things that you want to create your own formula and your own experience for yourself and what feels good. And you're going to get way more success out of that than just, you know, following somebody's step-by-step formula. It's almost less about the words and more about the energy behind them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How do you want to feel? What do you want life to look like for you? Most people don't even know. Do you feel like they don't know because they don't think about it or they just they're too wrapped up in their day-to-day to to take time to even think about what they want life to look like or is there something else don't know who they are i think most people really don't know who they are and or they are too afraid to be who they are for fear of rejection and abandonment and shame and you know all the things it's like i think with the cancel culture too especially we are afraid to say what we really feel and be who we really are and I really wish that we could reconstruct that cancel culture to collaborative communication and curiosity and understanding with other people. Um, I think we would find a lot more connection that way and a lot more growth if we were to a- approach it in that perspective um, from love and understanding instead of making people feel rejected and shamed um, when they really just need to be educated and heard and understood. Right. Yeah, it seems like understanding would help a lot, or at least not even not even understanding, but being okay not understanding. All right, mm-hmm. to sit back and just be like, I have no idea what you're talking about, but that's completely okay. As opposed to, but you're valid. Yeah, as mm-hmm. opposed to like, I have no idea, and therefore you're dumb. It's like that doesn't really help anybody. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't help you come together. It's more of like. I want to be right. This person wants to be right. It, we're not trying to see each other's perspectives. And actually, I think that's probably like the core issue in most relationships is that we're not seeking to understand someone or we're not seeking to see their perspective. We're seeking to be understood. Mm. And there's like a big gap there, I think, where 
we miss the mark in, in communications. Right. Yeah. And, and what, and it, it, I guess it's almost to, cause we're, we're what speaking with like our own perception of what they're trying to say as opposed to listening. Yeah. Yeah. We can only see it through our lens of filters, through our experiences and, you know, childhood conditioning, we can only see through that vantage point. And if we can just kind of expand and open up and practice empathy, really, it's like, I think we're struggling. A lot of people are struggling to be able to empathize with mm. other people because everything's just been so self-focused, kind of just been taught to be so self-focused that we don't have this ability to think about how something that we're doing or saying is affecting somebody else and putting ourselves in their shoes and see Most people just want to be seen. I know that was my issue in my relationship. I was like, I just, I just wanted to be seen. I wanted to be understood. I wanted to be acknowledged for who I was. Um, and I think when people feel that it's like the walls drop, the vulnerability, the intimacy and the authenticity can really be bred within that space. Mm. And yeah, that's what I strive for in my relationships. And and I guess that sounds like something that was coming from like a childhood situation where you didn't feel seen. Oh, I mean, yeah, I, I never felt safe. I never felt seen. I never felt understood. I just felt like I was always too much. I was too loud. I was too, too much energy. I was too sensitive. I was too emotional. Just everything about me was too much. And so I tried to shrink myself. And physically, I developed an eating disorder. I had anorexia at 15 from like 15 to 21 because I physically wanted to disappear. I was like, oh, I'm too much, you know? Jeez. Yeah. And I so that it affects everything. It makes you just want to dim yourself down. And I noticed like in even in relationships, I would just try to be a chameleon and I would just like, oh, whatever you like, I like. Whatever mm -hmm. you want me to be, I'll be it. Whatever I need to shape and shift into for you to love me, I'll do that. Cause I, I didn't want to be rejected anymore. That's pretty wild. Yeah. That's pretty wild. And and this is actually an interesting transition we could probably take here because I know you recently started your own podcast with um a friend of yours. Was is her name Michaela? Did I get Michaela, that? yeah. Michaela. And I think in your most recent episode, I didn't fully listen to it, but you talked about your eating disorders and like your body. So we can use this as a, like a little transition into that podcast. So what, like, first of all, congratulations. Cause I also Thank was, you. cause it was funny. Cause I saw that you had started the podcast and then I recently went back, I think today to see what to like, get like refresher on it. And I saw that you had actually started a different podcast about two years ago. And I found it kind of comical because the very last episode that you uploaded on that was I manifested a breakup and so me mentally, I was like, oh, this is kind of funny because it's almost like symbolic with the podcast. Like, <laughs> you, you, yeah, he broke up with your podcast as well. And so um, you're now doing this one. So what do you feel like is maybe the difference or any similarities between that original shot at creating a podcast and then now whenever you're creating a podcast? Yeah, I think that podcast, I was just in such a different headspace. I was just a completely different person. I mean, like I said, I think I was just really in my ego and during that phase of my life. And I had to kind of have all of that shattered in a way. And I had to rebuild and refine myself and come back to center. And so I, 
I took a space from all of that really until it felt right. And I think the the difference with this podcast with Michaela, it's called Alive. And the thing that I realized with her that I really enjoyed was our ability to have really authentic and genuine and raw conversations about the things that we were going through in our lives. And I craved that. I wanted to break out of that shell of all these masks that I was wearing that I just craved like raw, authentic conversations so much. And I was like, I just don't want to hide anymore. I don't want to pretend. I don't want to be anything that I'm not. I just want to be myself. I want to be who I am. And I want to share that with the world. And I think that container of that podcast with her was probably the safest way for me to enter into that space. What do you think made it safe? Having another person there that receives you. And that's like the beautiful thing about our relationship and our connection. I think she really embodies the feminine so deeply. She's just a really soft feminine presence. And she grew up with parents that were therapists and had a very loving household and was modeled really loving behaviors. And she's kind of had this, um, not to say she doesn't have her challenges, but she had a very etheric kind of experience growing up where I feel like mine was really tormented. And we have two completely different perspectives on life, not to mention she's 10 years younger. So we have, you know, I'm in my late thirties. She's in her late twenties, two different places in life and perspectives on life. And I'm a little bit more, you know, masculine in my delivery. I think I like to explain the science behind things, a little more of the logic. So the blend is really beautiful. And I think for me to be able to share vulnerable things and open up and have it received by someone else on the other end that can take that and can also translate that through her own lens. I think it's a really beautiful um, combination of energies and we're able to have this really holistic blend of perspectives I think is powerful. That's cool. Have you, uh, how did you, how did you and Michaela meet? She was a client of mine. Oh, really? Yeah. So I worked with her for about four months and it just ended up developing into a really beautiful friendship. And uh, we realized that we had equal, like really similar visions for life and what we wanted to create with our businesses. And um, she's in, she does hypnotherapy. And I think that combining the hypnotherapy, the breath work, the visualization stuff for manifestation specifically is really powerful. So it works, it works together very synergistically. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Have you, have you kind of like looked at the energies or re-listened to your old podcast and been like, Oh, like, uh, like just feeling into it. Like what it like, like, have you kind of gone back and listened and like compared it to who you are now? Yeah. I, I think I, I see myself so differently now when I look at that. And it's not to say that when I was creating all the things I was creating, wasn't coming from a, a positive place. Um, because it's, it's always been in me to want to help people and to serve and do what I do. I think that, um, I really had such a deep sense of inadequacy and insecurity and lacked confidence that I was kind of covering up and I can see through that now. So I look back at myself with a lot of love and compassion for that phase of my life. Um, I learned a lot. I learned a lot from that and it just, you know, for me, it just makes me want to be an even better person and to help people even more like i said it's like we go through the the darkness so that we can um walk other people through it i think right so do you have any in talking about like helping people more and we kind of briefly talked about this with like the dreams and 
you know, you were saying how some of your big dreams you want to kind of keep to yourself till they're like fully concreted in there. Are there any big dreams that are concreted in there that you want to share? Oh yeah. I mean, I, so I launched an Academy a couple of years ago, um, for manifestation. I called it quantum manifestation Academy. And I was doing like a 12 week group coaching program. And since then I haven't relaunched it because I've been getting all these like visions and ideas and ways that I want to create this, um, platform and membership and group coaching experience for people that does involve visualization and, and meditation and manifestation together collaboratively as a group, because I've seen how powerful group meditation and group manifestation is. Mm. So I'm reworking and re-envisioning that and kind of been figuring out what I want that to look like. But that's my big, my big dream is to have a container to bring people in to help them work through all the stuff that we've kind of talked about today and teach them those different tools of journaling, scripting, meditating, breath work in one container where they kind of have all of it. That's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. That's my, that's my, and be on stages. I'd love to be on stages doing events and, um, you know, being one-on-one with people. I, I find that when we're physically together, it's really, really healing and powerful, especially for women to be seen by other women and, have it not be comparison and, you know, judgment, all that. I think that women can, can really heal in a space where they're, where they're seen and held. So, so have retreats you d- too. Yeah. Have you done coaching? That's like uh, online. I mean, obviously online, but versus like in person and you're able to, you've seen the difference between those sessions. Yeah. I, I did a retreat um, back in Encinitas a few months ago and just being in the room with these women and like being able to physically, you know, hold them, hug them, uh, be there for them while they're experiencing emotions, like that physical human connection, the eye to eye. Um, I'm here for you being in the same energy. I feel like, cause I definitely see a difference versus like over zoom. Mm. Yeah. You can feel the energy a little bit more. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's certainly where I'm trying to get at with my podcast where it's a just in-person interview. So that I feel like there's just like a different vibe there has to be between there has to be like a studio i can totally see you in like a cool studio with two chairs and mics (laughs) (laughs) i got the vision for you Uh, we'll bring it to our bring it to our group manifestation uh yeah sessions let's let's do it i love it i think that'd be a great idea because i've thought about that before but i just you know there's so many things going on i haven't like thought about it or taken action on it or or even even kind of how you were saying you need to surround yourself with people who are able to almost help you not help you create it exactly, but also help provide the space to visualize it as well. If that makes sense. Yeah. I think that there's infinite possibilities that exist for for anything that you desire in your life, anything that you see for yourself, there's infinite ways that it can happen. And sometimes the mind is really limited in the capacity to be able to see the possibilities And I like to be in rooms with people that are really expansive in the way they think about things that can maybe give you an idea or a thought or a vision that you haven't thought of yet. That you're like, oh, that's a possibility. That could happen that way. And it opens up those little doors in your mind to be like, oh, I like that. And you kind of run with it. So be in the room with big thinkers, expansive thinkers, you know, people that are not afraid of their own imagination and creativity. Is that something you've manifested for yourself as well then? Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I really am 
protective of my energy these days and who I, you know, talk to and what I share with people. And I think that for me, I want to be, I want to be learning from other people. I don't want to be the one that's always teaching. I want to be around people that I'm inspired by and Mm. that challenge me. I think that's, I think that's healthy. I think that's how we grow and become more successful. Did you have any blocks whenever that came up, whenever you were trying to visualize, you know, being in a room of people who could help you, that could teach you, that could help you grow? Like, were there any common blocks that you felt come up whenever you were trying to visualize this uh, future for yourself? Yeah, I mean, I think it's always the, like, who am I to be in that room? You know, what? all those kind of self-doubts creep in the the questions of you know am i good enough all those things i think with anything that you try to aspire to go beyond your current reality to something greater i think those fears naturally come up Mm. everybody there's there are people that are ridiculously successful and wealthy that still have those thoughts and still have those fears and i think it's just it's normal. It's not really about even pushing it away. It's about understanding it and inviting it in and soothing yourself in those moments and remembering, you know, to validate your own self using affirmations, using positive self-talk, reconstructing your own concept of yourself. These are all really powerful ways to kind of overcome that. Um, But yeah, it's, it's, it's never easy when you're going to the next level. I think your fear naturally comes up and you get better at moving into the fear and leaning into the fear because you've shown yourself time and time again that you can get through it. And that's what builds confidence in yourself to be able to take risks in your life. To just keep perfu- keep pursuing fear. Wow, that was really difficult for yeah. me to say. <laughs> yeah, keep pursuing the fear. Perseverance. Okay. Right. Don't let fear stop you. Fear isn't there to stop you. It's there to make you pause and evaluate. You know, in in the fear, the survival part of ourselves, it is protecting you to some degree. You know, you don't want to jump off of a a cliff (laughs) and kill yourself. The fear is real there. But when you're trying to go to another level in your business and be more vulnerable or step into a territory you maybe haven't moved into before, that fear isn't there to stop you. It's just there to evaluate, like, how bad do you want this? And are you willing to be uncomfortable mm. for a little bit as you navigate this and learn to trust yourself in this experience? Yeah. Yeah, that's certainly certainly an interesting one, right? Is like, okay, I know I've, I'm afraid to do something. And so there's like this like little piece of you that kind of holds you back from it. But but there's also a piece of you that knows that you'll be better for doing it or better to do it or better to pursue this thing. And so it's, uh, it's, it's, it can kick it. It can get pretty tricky sometimes with, uh, how much of it mm-hmm. you want to pursue and how much you want to go after and, and where that balance actually lies. Yeah. You, you almost have to be more committed to the vision of like where you wanted to go than you are to the fear. And it's like, you know, we're always trusting in something. It's just, we're most of the time trusting in the worst thing that could possibly happen (laughs) and the likelihood of that. Then we are thinking about the great things that could happen to us. I don't know if you saw the the lucky girl syndrome going around TikTok. No, I don't think so. Um, 
it, it was just talking about how this one girl was like, you know, I just believe that I'm lucky. I, I'm just lucky everywhere I go, great things happen to me. And it's that's kind of the mindset that I think is is the what we want to adopt. We we want to believe that good things happen to us. We want to believe that the universe is always looking out for us and and no matter what the situation is, it's always working in our favor. And I think that's an outlook. That's a that's a perspective shift that when you make that, then your life can start to reflect that to you. But you've got to adopt new belief systems that aren't rooted in fear. For sure. And and lucky definitely seems like one that would take you closer to being able to get away from or even like pursue things that you're afraid of. Like, oh, I'm afraid to do this, but it doesn't matter because I get lucky. Do mm-hmm. you feel like do you feel like the energy of let's say lucky or luck might pull away or detract from our own energy in some source, right? Because I it feels a little bit disempowering in some way. Do you, Mm -hmm. maybe, maybe not. What do you think? Yeah. I think that, well, anytime you believe there's something outside of you that's controlling your destiny or disempowering yourself. So like, you know, tarot card readers, angel numbers, all of this stuff. It's really just, um, it's our own self reflecting to us, but we externalize it and we, we think it's outside of ourselves. So Mm. I think, yes, there, there is a level of disempowerment to that. But I think that if you're at the beginning stages of changing your mindset, that you're moving up the scale when you move into luck because you're shifting into hope, right? You're moving into nothing ever works out for me to, okay, you know, maybe I can adopt this perspective that will invite some more positivity into my life. And then as you evolve out of that, you realize, oh, I don't actually need anything outside of myself. So it's kind of the ascension process and gotcha. you just kind of want to move yourself up. If it feels better and it's more expansive, then you're moving in the right direction. I gotcha. And that makes sense too. It's like, okay, yeah, you're, you're transcending the last thing into fear, right? Which is a pretty mm-hmm. low vibration into luck. Okay. Well, whenever I do things, mm-hmm. I fear I get lucky. So that's at least a step in the right direction. But then I guess there's a higher direction for that above it. But Okay. That definitely makes you gotta sense. work your way up there. You know, it's like, okay, now I'm experiencing luck. I'm experiencing all these things happening, positive things happening in my favor. What was the difference? Right. Me. Right. I changed my perception. So that in and of itself proves the lucky girl syndrome is because I chose to change my perspective. So therefore mm. I'm empowered now. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And I guess you get to that point once you get to the next stage. And then there's another stage after that. Always. Always another one. (laughs) You know, and then after this life, we just go back to energy and experience (laughs) different aspects of our consciousness in different forms. And I think the important thing really is to just not take all of this too seriously Mm. and to have a hell of a lot more fun and enjoy it. Seems like a common theme in my life mm-hmm. and that keeps coming up is like this energy of play and fun and not being so serious about it all. How have you, mm-hmm. have you found any practices or exercises that have helped you with that? Yeah, do I would say art was a really great tool for me to number one, overcome my perfectionism Okay, <laughs> because when you're making art and for me, I just like love splattering it and like throwing it on a canvas and there's just like, something really freeing about not needing to have like lines and 
specific structure to it. Um, but tapping into what that was for you as a child that made you feel free, that made you feel like yourself, like expressive. I think it's different for everybody, but I would say, yeah, art and um, dance movement for me has been really just, it's just free, letting your body just free flow with movement. It just, it feels liberating. Okay. Um, so tapping into whatever, like go back to childhood and try to tap into like, what was it for you that made you just feel like you? And if it's playing in the sandbox, if it's coloring, if it's, you know, singing, whatever that is for you, give yourself permission to do that. Do more of that. Right. Without judgment. Might need to go find a sandbox somewhere. <laughs> Seriously, though, I love making sandcastles. I miss the beach just yeah. for that reason. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. You're yeah. like inland now. You're not even, there's no beaches around. I've traded ocean for cactus. It's a, it's a different vibe. <laughs> Are you in Phoenix or? I'm in Scottsdale. You're in Scottsdale. Okay. So yep. close. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's an interesting one. It's, it's been so, yeah, it's been really interesting. The energy here is so much different. Um, my place in LA, I was like right on the ocean. So I'm like listening to the waves as I'm going to sleep. And it was just a very healing space. Um, but I, I've always been an advocate for changing your environment and changing your scenery as often as you can, because mm -hmm. I think that's really where we tap into creativity and inspiration and um, seeing the same thing every day in the same environment. It makes you feel like you're really limited and there's so much more to to life and to the world than just that box that you put yourself in. Right. And this is kind of interesting because I was just reading a book about like uh yogis from india and they're talking about one guy who would he like didn't have any like he wouldn't travel with any money and he wouldn't stay in a place more than a week and it was kind of to practice like non-attachment because like you're saying like you get into a certain place and it's very like calm and cool and collected and then if you're continuously kind of um lost my train of thought but uh, switching it up yeah been around. yeah because yeah. now you're no longer attached to even a city or a physical area if you will by that continuous movement mm -hmm. yeah it, it develops i think for me it, resiliency like energetic resiliency to adapt to change okay. and to not need things to be fixed and to just kind of recognize like how I navigate change and it helps you to get to know yourself really well. It helps you to uh, trust yourself when things, when the outside reality gets disruptive or isn't the way that you want it to be, that you can, you can maintain the inner core stability within yourself. Um, and that will allow for you to make bigger changes in your life. Cause you know that you can energetically handle that. You have the resiliency to, to adapt to it. Mm. yeah and a lot of people are scared of change and that I, that's one thing i have to thank my crazy chaotic childhood for is that it helps me to be really adaptive and be okay with it you know and know that um change is always offering you a gift and expansion and something there's something in that there's a silver lining to it feels like so. even if you're like feeling stagnant or something you know switching up the city you're in could be a pretty a pretty expansive or large decision that would help you in the long run yeah or even like simple go to a different coffee shop go take a different route to work you know try a new restaurant 
it doesn't have to be like changing cities or countries or anything really huge if you're not um, comfortable with that. But I would practice putting yourself outside of your comfort zone. Right. Just maybe once a day, just try something different and move yourself out of that so you can begin to feel comfortable with change. I thought about making a uh, TikTok or a, a reel about this idea. Actually, I was I was actually getting dressed, and I realized that I would always like put on my clothes in the same exact order. And I was thinking about making a a reel or something about it. How just even just switching the order of putting on my clothes, like shirt first, then socks, then underwear. It's like feels fucking weird. Like it feels mm-hmm. very weird to just even put on clothes in a different order. And I was like, huh, but this this actually might have that like. Like it brings in that energy of newness or it brings in that energy of doing something new into your life. And even though it's uncomfortable, it's still like it's getting you on that path. Yeah. Yeah. It's like or taking like a cold shower, too. It's like disrupts that pattern. Yeah. That's like a do, pattern just disruptor. doing things differently. Yeah. Uh, I'm shivering doing a little bit now. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I am very cold averse. So. It's, it's very disruptive to me to be anywhere that's cold, but it does. It shakes you. It like wakes you up a little bit and takes you out of that. And sometimes we do. We have to make the choice to move ourselves out of the comfort zone. Otherwise, nothing's going to change. It's like the blood flowing and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. All the things. All the things. Shakes you. Jump in the ocean. Oh. You know, that's, that was one of my favorite things to do. I miss that. I miss having an ocean right next to the house. Yeah. Yeah. Just even just sitting in there for a couple minutes, just full submersion. That was. You feel the energy of it for sure. It's invigorating. It was something. There's something going mm-hmm. on there. There's, a, mm-hmm. there's more to it than just water. Oh, yeah. It's vibration, you know? Yeah. Coming that was how my whole TikTok went viral was through. Uh, talking about water and the vibration of water and how it, uh, it affects us. So. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Something there. We're all connected mm-hmm. by water. So there's gotta be something there. Yep. I agree. <laughs> uh, well, Lindsay, I'm getting a poke in the back of my head, head that we should wrap this up. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about before we uh, wrap it up? No, this has been a great conversation. I, I love it. I feel like it's just, you know, whenever we, we chat, it feels like it's very free flowing and, and natural. And I, I hope that this conversation helps somebody that's listening and maybe expanded their mind a little bit and, you know, just poking at you to think about things in a different way. And um, yeah, I hope this was helpful. Well, I certainly know it's been helpful for me. I know I'm getting a lot of information out of it. So I appreciate you coming on, sharing your wisdom as always. And I would love to give you the floor for a little bit to plug any of your stuff. I know I have your links, so I'll put them in the show notes below. Feel free to reference those at will. So yeah, this is your space to talk to the audience, encourage them to do something, check out your stuff. The floor is yours. Well, thank you. It's been so great to chat with you again. I really appreciate you having me on. And first of all, I just wanted to say kudos to you. Like I've seen you grow incredibly over the last year and a thank half you. or so. And Um, I see you showing up every day and just putting your best out there. And I just think that um, you're doing amazing. And I wanted to, I wanted to say that first and foremost. I appreciate Um, it. But yeah, like as far as what I'm creating, again, I'm creating a really, really powerful group coaching container that's going to be coming out probably in the next couple of months. So if you're interested, just go follow me on Instagram or TikTok. I'm going to have all the information over there if you want to join. I'm also doing a relaunch and a rebranding of my book. It's called the 369 Manifestation Journal. 
If you're new to manifestation, you're just kind of beginning to learn the process. It's a great resource and tool to help you just stay consistent with it and to learn visualization and breathing techniques and all that. Um, so that's, that is out actually on Amazon. Now it's also at Target and Barnes and Noble if you're interested. And uh, all my videos on TikTok are, I try to be really um, educational and teach you different techniques on manifestation. So you can head over there if you want educational stuff. And again, Instagram, I like to share a little bit more of my lifestyle, kind of what goes on behind the scenes. So head over there and come hang out with me, say hi. I just, I love meeting new people. I love helping people. So if you got any questions about manifestation, I'm an open book and would love to, to hear from you guys. Love it. Always bringing uh, the warming and enlightening energy to the podcast. You're, you're on the list of repeat guests now, which I think is probably around four or five people. So what? yeah, thank you. So you're on thank it now. You. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate you being here. I mean, I know whenever I was smaller, you were there to help out. So you know, I'm always, it's always great to have you on, but just like in general, the, the love and support is always there. So thank you. Yeah. You're killing it. You're such an inspiration oh, to many, you. many. Appreciate thank it. You. Always, always trying to be inspiring to one more. And it's, it's interesting to hear that kind of feedback. Cause like, to me, there's sometimes when it's like, oh, I should be doing more, uh, you know, you, you, it's very easy for you to be very hypercritical of yourself, but then to other people, it's like, dude, look what you've done in the last year and a half. It's like crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You should be really proud of yourself. Yeah. I I am. Maybe I'll go treat myself after this to yes. say, Hey, Hey, you treat know. yourself. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Lindsay, the quantum blonde rose. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate it. It was a magical quantum enlightening time. Guys go check out her stuff as always. Please share it. So it, everybody wins whenever you share this podcast. I win. Lindsay wins. Your friend thinks you have great knowledge, so you win. Your friend sees another great podcast, so they win. It's a, it's a four-way win. So it's the only thing I'll ask you to do. And if you don't, then I'll have to talk to you about it whenever we see each other in the sixth dimension. <laughs> <laughs>